This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. John Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night Show. And now on the line with us, we have Joe Jackalone. He's a law and police science professor at John Jay College, also former NYPD. Uh, Mr. Jackalone, we're, we're just looking at the screens right now. We're seeing the shootings and everything going on in Texas. 15 people dead. We now know the gunman is 18 years old, Salvatore Ramos. We know that drugs and mental illness, it's all like intertwined in all together, also with the gun violence. Well, listen, I mean, to be able to go in any place and shoot, you know, 15, 16, 20 people, whatever has been going on, there has to be some sort of, uh, you know, mental deficiency for somebody to do it. It's the question that comes into play is, you know, the planning that that's involved in this, the social media posts. I mean, those are the things I think that often will make or break if this person is in their right mind, right? So we saw the guy who shot up the train in, in Brooklyn. You know, it was some extensive planning he brought gas mask and all the other stuff. So it, it kind of shows you a little more insight than what people kind of label just about everything as mental illness these days, which it isn't. Right. And this suspect, he also posted pictures of him with the gun cartridges and everything. So, and you wonder where does a social media play a component in this too? Why not alert the authorities? And uh, Governor McGreevy, you were mentioning before in, in there's a drug epidemic, a crisis now in New Jersey. Yeah, well, I just, I just wanted to ask before we, and it's, it's actually nationally, man, we're doing some good things in Jersey, but just, Professor, so what would you say? I mean, you mentioned a couple things. You t- talked about mental illness. You talked about weapons. If you could be, if you could have your druthers, what would you do, you know, to support rational, reasonable course of action to to grapple with some of these atrocities? Well, there has to be some deterrence, right? So not only do we see in New York, but we see in many cities in the United States where deterrence is no longer a factor into people committing crimes. So if somebody is going to be arrested and then re-released without any issues, then sometimes people just say, hey, what's what's the worst that's going to happen to me? We have people that post on social media all day long about, uh, you know, pictures with themselves with guns and do those kind of things. You know, what's the law enforcement angle about what can they do to arrest people? We need cooperation with district attorneys, and we know that's becoming a problem lately. So there are a number of factors that have to be looked at. Not all of them requires a law enforcement response. Some of them is a parenting response also. Uh, We have to be responsible for our children, what they're up to, what they're doing, who they're hanging out with, what they post on social media. Uh, These are things that need to be done. I know, I mean, listen. We didn't have this issue when we were kids. Yeah, but, and I think it's hard. It's hard for police. It it's hard. It, it's every day. Mentally Ill. It's every day now. But, Joe, I got a question for you. What about increasing a mandatory sentencing, five to ten years for a gun, bringing back stop, question, and frisk? I mean, those are things that worked years ago. Get them off well, the streets we, in New York. Get them off the streets. Throw them in. Let, them, we, let the people know if you get caught with a gun, you're going to go to jail, and you're not going to get out for ten years. 
That'll stop some people. But, right, because well, the majority of crimes yeah. are committed by these gangbangers. Yeah. So that would be a deterrent. What do you yeah. think, Joe Jackalone? Well, that, that is a deterrent. But the issue is that we already have a three-year mandatory in New York State yeah. for jail for guns. And, and nobody's ever done it yet. And I think before... <laughs> Prior to that, I think the only person that did the one year in jail for, for an illegal gun was Bernie Gitts. I believe that's a good answer to a trivia question. That's because so they the plead issue. him. Joe, Joe, it's Richard Weinberg. That's because they plead him down. But it can, can I just jump to Richard? Richard, when you were a Supreme Court judge, can you talk about how difficult it was to find mental health treatment for people who seriously needed psychiatric intervention and addiction? Detective, I ran special narcotics for about seven years. So I had jurisdiction over all five counties in New York City. And if there's a combination of mental illness and drug addiction, there was only one hospital that provided programs. And the waiting list on that was forever. Yeah. And one of the problems is they closed down the institutions to give the treatment yes. to these people. It's absolutely essential. And I said this to the governor earlier before we were on the air. You have a combination of a climate of lawlessness. You have DAs who aren't enforcing the law, legislature that won't help us. But you have the mentally ill, and we don't have the facilities to treat them. So we have to do a multi, as you correctly pointed out, Detective, you have to have a multifaceted agenda program to take care of all of these pieces. And yes. there's nothing wrong with deterrence. My reputation was that I was a law and order public safety judge, and I was very proud of that. And my friends who are still judges tell me their eyes are bleeding and their head is exploding when they're forced to release people because of these mandatory release programs provided by the state legislature in that ridiculous legislation. But, Judge, you hit it right well, on the head. You need, you need a multifaceted approach, but you need the state and the city to work together, and the state is not willing to work with the city. They don't care. They're not going to change these laws. I think we need to get rid of the legislature, the legislators, and change the legislature so we can get these laws changed. And but by I the way, think, well, but I, I, I AOC, AOC, I just read in today's uh, post, I think it was, AOC is running a slate of nine candidates mm -hmm. against uh, the so-called establishment Democrats in the primaries because they're too tough on, on law and order. So she's running a whole campaign to be softer on law and order. And we know assembly. that the majority of victims are people of color. So if they would want to keep talking about the suspects, how about that are black and brown and they're being unjustly held in Rikers or whatever? What about the victims that are lying in the morgues and lying in the hospitals? Joe Jackalone, this is not a one you know, solution type of problem that can be fixed, you know? Well, well, no, it isn't. And unfortunately, our legislators in Albany have, this has fallen on deaf ears. So this guy they just arrested, Andrew Abdullah, was uh, allegedly on this supervised you know, parole. And uh, just think the governor, Hochul, just released 8,000 people into society, basically with no supervision. So if this guy does turn out to be another case where we have somebody on supervised parole, who ends up committing a brutal, senseless murder, uh, I, I believe the tide is going to, to change. And if you caught the mayor's speech today, I did disagree with him on one thing he said. He said that you know New Yorkers are wondering how this happened. No, I, I'm listening to New Yorkers. Apparently, some of our politicians are not. They, they know exactly why a lot of this is happening. And unfortunately, some of these reforms have gone just way too far. Listen, we need something in the happy medium. Nobody wants to be too far right. Nobody wants to be too far left. But we need to have some common sense approach to this. And unfortunately, I'm not hearing any of it. We're not talking about Khalif Browder, who was spent, you know, ended up killing himself in Rikers for over stealing a backpack. We're talking about violent criminals should be held behind bars. This guy, Andrew Abdullah, he's a, an attempted convicted murderer. Uh, 
what else did he gun illegal gun possession, grand larceny, robberies. you name robberies, Lydia, violent me, robberies. Me I something. mean, it, the the rap list is like a a mile long. Lydia, the detective just made a very good point about the supervised release, the supervised parole. Let me tell you a dirty little secret about supervised release. There is no supervision. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, so who's kidding? Who's kidding whom? So, the results are out on the streets. There is no supervision. So who has who next has to die? An 11 year old girl just died. And now and now we have this man, uh, Daniel Enriquez, who has to die for the legislators to wake up. They keep saying they want data. The data is before their it's, it's eyes. Dead people, it's dead people. Yes. It, it, most of it's anecdotal, according to them. But the issue that comes down to is that you also need to look at the precincts that historically had high crime, like uh, East New York and the Bronx. And those are the precincts right now that are struggling with crime. And it's not a big surprise because when you release people out of prison, uh, they go back to the, the precincts that they came from. So to see rises in crimes in those precincts, some people are shocked by that. And, and I just kind of scratch my head and go, and you guys don't know how the system works. That's why. Well, detective, what, what do you do if, if, if you're the NYPD and you see all these incidents on social media and proclivities for violence and, and mental illness? And, and how do you create a mechanism where people are treated or treated properly and you get them, you remove them from that situation. I think that's a, that's a hard thing for all of us to deal with. Well, it, it is, but you know what? We have an instance where somebody who is arrested that is struggling maybe with mental health when you're at central booking, that's the time where they should be interrupted before we release them back onto the street. They should have some mandatory overview of their mental yep. health. And uh, you, you have them right there. That's good. They can't go idea. anywhere. Uh, I mean, you have each one of these in every five boroughs. And then you have a, a mechanism to get them to a, a hospital. But we, we know that our mental health facilities have been devastated over the last couple of decades. I mean, and a lot Creedmoor, of them have been closed, that the judge said. Yeah, Meadowbrook, Creedmoor, uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, you have you don't have the room for people that really need it. And the politicians we gotta don't make want to room. admit that. We've got to make room and we've got to put these people away to treat themselves and... Well, they're, they're, they're trying to figure out what to do with uh, Rikers Island. They should build the it up. The judge is looking to, uh, you know. Build some hospitals look, there. It's very, it's very simple. Build courts, the idea of closing drug down treatments. Rikers, listen, the idea of closing down Rikers stupid. is a stupid it's ridiculous. idea. It's, ridiculous. Have, it's the stupidest you have, idea. You keep, them, you keep them in facilities. You have them contained. We should build it up, them. not tear it down. Exactly right. And yes. you can give them integrated yeah. services. Don't, okay. don't, don't put those criminals in, in the, the communities. You. In the communities. Yeah, yeah. Put one on Central Park South. Put one on, uh, uh, yeah. put one in uh, uh, Greenwich Village, and put one in uh, Staten Island. Park See how Avenue. people love it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take, we got to take that break. I understand. Joe Jackalone, thank you so much, and you welcome back anytime. Thank you. And when we come back, we'll talk to Doctor Mark Siegel, and he's got some uh, good news for us or breaking news, and we'll keep it right here. Cats at night.